0: Today in history, in 1160, Emperor Frederick Barbosa from Sid Meier's hit game Civilization VI hurdles prisoners, including children, at the Italian city of Crema, forcing its surrender. Mein Liebchen, get in das Katapult! <laughs> Uh, I think I think actually, when he has like special units, uh, orphan children to throw at cities is a special unit that you can have, but you have to buy the DLC first. <laughs> um,
1: well, welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, "Well, what the fuck, history?" I am the short king version of Paul Bunyan, Zachary.
0: I'm Megan, and I have been deemed the bougiest of this trio. And my name's Matt, and much
2: like Pac-Man's ghosts, the blocks in Tetris also have names.
1: I refuse
0: to believe you.
1: I have the receipt. I was gonna say, I refuse to believe you, but I know you're about to tell me all their names, and I don't know if my heart can handle it. So for the curious,
2: uh, the L-shaped pieces are called Orange Ricky and Blue Ricky. Okay. The zigzag pieces are called the Cleveland Z and the Rhode Island what? Z. Okay. The, the T-shaped piece is called Wee.
0: That makes sense.
2: The square is called Smash Boy. <laughs> yep. And the line piece is aptly named Hero. Okay. Yeah, this dude. entire
1: thing is like, I, I don't know remember the original writer for My Hero Academia, but I'm pretty sure he got all the All Might punches off of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rhode Island zigzag smash bitches. I don't fuck United States of Smash.
0: Uh, United States of Tetris. Do you mean? Do you mean the famous author Kohei Horikoshi? That's not what we're here to discuss, <laughs> ladies
2: and gentlemen. A game of rock paper scissors has been played. An order has been decided. And first on the chopping block this evening is Paul Bunyan himself zach johnson
1: yes uh i used my uno reverse card last week to maintain the top spot and this week by sheer sheer tenacity and a lot of uh dedication a lot of training i managed to win the rocks paper scissors i'd like to thank my sponsors thank my family it's been a hard-fought battle but yeah let's jump into it (laughs)
2: I fucking love that you're treating this like you didn't throw paper when the two of us threw
0: rock. Yeah, like you get up there. I'd like to thank my. You're like I trained uh, for months.
1: (laughs) Look, that's all I'm gonna say is it was not a fluke. It wasn't an easy win. (laughs) You know, we really, really pulled it out in the fourth quarter. Uh, A lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into this match, and uh, I'm just happy that I'm standing on top of the podium. Rock,
0: paper, scissors. Like, how long do you think a game of rock, paper, scissors lasts? Like, About it's four not quarters, apparently. It Sometimes it's
1: best two out of three, it's you know? <laughs> Olympic rock, paper, scissors.
2: Olympic rock, paper, scissors.
0: Can <laughs> go for days. Yeah, dude, like, you gotta, you gotta hydrate up on it. You gotta you stay hydrated. gotta
2: hydrate. Always gotta stay hydrated. So, Zach, tell us a story. I, I have a question to start
0: my story. I refuse to answer, but go on.
2: I like that <laughs> Megan Megan has abstained from answering before yeah. even knowing the question. Megan has
1: impolitely I'll... abstained. Yeah. yeah I... Do either of you know of the jumping Frenchman of Maine? I uh,
2: know of Maine. I know what the word jumping means, and I'm aware of the French. Well,
1: these are uh, technically but French. But when you put all of them together, no.
2: The answer is no.
1: <laughs> technically French Canadians, but still... I think us as a uh, as a podcast has been really good at ostracizing the French, so I guess we're gonna continue to do so. Those That's are true. those
2: are what we call a subspecies of French. The French Canadians.
1: Uh, ye. Oh yeah.
0: We <laughs> <Oui. laughs>
2: So tell me about this uh Mexican jumping bean. French Canadian jumping so bean. So the
1: jumping Frenchmen of Maine uh were was a group of Oh, it's a it's group, a group uh, and I, it felt like it went with my intro today or my intro went with it because it is a group of lumberjacks in a lumberjacking community that were first found in the Moosehead Lake region of Maine and they were known because many of them had a syndrome that entailed an exaggerated startle reflex which was described <laughs> as an uncontrollable quote-unquote jump and this was oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god are these the
2: fainting goats of people Better, but also worse. Ah, uh, yes!
1: Better, but also worse. So this uh, first phenomena is described in 1878 by George Miller Beard, not to be confused with the Steve Miller Band. Ah, uh, yeah. In <laughs> 1878. And he recorded these individuals. And he recorded individuals who would have these jumps when they were startled. But the weirdest part was when they were startled, they would become... Easily suggestible to outside stimuli. What does that mean? Basically, what it would mean is if you went up to one of these lumberjacks and Mm -hmm. scared them and they had a jump, Mm -hmm. you could then Mm -hmm. tell them to go jump off a cliff and they'd do it. Woo! So, recorded individuals would obey any command given suddenly, even if it meant striking a loved one or jumping into a fire or whatever. Basically, if you yelled do this they would be like okay and without thinking do it the more common and less intense symptoms of this consisted of jumping yelling and hitting uh the individuals exhibited outrageous bursts and many described themselves as ticklish and shy other cases in this area uh involved i want to make sure i'm pronouncing this right but i'm probably not echolalia which is the repeating oh, repetitive. repetitive vocalizations. Yeah. So it would be parroting of, of whatever a command or a word was given. So instead of, you know, physically moving, they'd be like, oh, oh, like, say you yelled beans. They would just start yelling beans, 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 beans back at you. <laughs> um, and echophoraxia, which is the repeating of movements based on another person. So if you jumped up in the air, they'd jump back and they would continue to jump and jump and jump beard noted these guys sound like a fucking riot yeah a riot but also a riot that uh this beard uh seemed to exploit for quote-unquote scientific purposes
0: um you mean hilarious purposes yeah. like i mean it was probably a living nightmare for these frenchmen but now also, now now
2: megan we've established they're not french, french they're french canadian, canadian.
0: <laughs> oh the subset it's a an subset important of distinction <laughs> Honestly, though, it is because I feel as though I have heard uh, French people be like, they aren't real French people. I can
1: weigh in on this, having... Oh, Oh, go on, please. Don't oh god me right now. But yes, having, like, interacted with a number of French people. They, uh, don't exactly qualify French-Canadian as French and also get very angry when french canadians say that they're speaking french because it's not quite regular french no it's a bastardized version of regular like a
0: dialect right
1: yeah kind yeah i guess i mean i'm also not fluent in french so i don't know how aggressively i can be on this statement i only know a couple of people who've told me things (laughs) so the only word that zach knows in french is baguette i know some other words in french but they're only the dirty ones I figured. Anyway, so Beard noted that the men were suggestible and that they could not help repeating the word or sounds that came from the person that ordered them any more than they could help striking, dropping, throwing, jumping, or starting. So they were basically, if if you did something in an alarming manner, they would either follow the command or mimic it. There's only one problem. I... I'm going to
2: stop yeah. you right there and say that there are, is definitely more than one problem. There are
1: several problems, Weak. but there is one very large problem.
2: Uh, that this uh. man essentially had an army of yipping French Canadians?
1: <laughs> yipping French Canadians with axes and saws. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it was that, till the, um, even to this day... The cause of Jumping Frenchman Syndrome, as it is known, is unknown. We have no idea. It's literally called
2: Jumping Frenchman
1: Syndrome? Yes. <laughs> that sounds terrible. It is terrible. It's a terrible name for a disease. Um, but the question is, the thing is, we don't even know if it is a disease. They don't know what, why it is what it is or why it happened. Um, there is a theory that it is a genetic condition observations of 50 cases found the disorder to be remotely located and concentrated in the northwestern region the northern regions of maine 14 of the cases were found in four families specifically and another set of cases were found in a single family where the father his two sons and his two grandchildren exhibited quote-unquote jumping behavior it did affect women, but most of it was affecting men. That's bonker donks. It's bonkers. Like, no one knows. It's not like they drank something in the water. They don't know exactly what it is. A lot of people also argue that it is a, a culture-bound syndrome or a formed habit. It's, it's completely psychological. The French jumpers lived in a very remote region and were mostly lumberjacks.
2: Does it persist? Is it... Like, has anyone been back to that region to see if we still have jumping Frenchmen? Oh,
1: there there are still cases. They're very, very, very rare. But there are still cases of jumping Frenchman syndrome. That's insane. Yeah. Um, Where it originated, the type of small community that it originated in, they might have kind of adapted to a very specific kind of reaction, especially if you're a lumberjack. Like, you might have to have that split-second bit where it's like okay there's a tree falling if anyone yells timber you know to get out of the way but they Mm -hmm. might have kind of developed an over stimulated sense of that and that way it was you know they might have had like positive reinforcement from mimicking sounds or mimicking actions or doing exactly what they were told when they were told to do it so their brain kind of overrode any sense of this is a good thing this is a bad thing and just immediately went for it
2: kind of like a so sort of like a heightened flight or fra- uh yeah yeah like fight or
1: fight or flight response exactly and kind of something like that again this is all theorized it's not nothing has been proven
0: well I wonder if it if it actually did have something to do with with genetics right where they were an isolated community yeah maybe like the they were kind of breeding a little bit too close <laughs> right you know if there aren't too many people to like add to the gene pool then you know certain recessive genes oh, kind so of... you're
2: saying that most of the uh inhabitants of this town had a cousin sister mom
0: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, maybe. Um, It was a lot more common, right, in in smaller communities. You kind of see similar things with, you know, uh, the people of Appalachia who have been up in the mountains forever. You had the blue people of Kentucky. Yeah, that is Um, very
1: possible, and that would... I think that that would give a very large, you know, indicate, or like rather it would be a very large tick in the box of it being some kind of genetic thing. And and it is interesting though, to see that it really does only affect, it doesn't only affect men, but it mostly affects men. So yeah. There is a case to be made for genetics. I mean, there are certain types of things that happen in genetics where it only affects a certain kind of people in a gene pool. Again, I'm not a geneticist. Um, I'm just an idiot on the end of a microphone. So I think that that's a good, you know, theory. They probably were. Well, double dipping. (laughs) Um, Double double double
0: dipping. I never (laughs) want to hear that referred to (laughs) as anything else ever again
1: yeah (laughs) i mean i kind of hate that i came up with that but i also it's kind of (laughs) great
2: i'm a lumberjack and i'm okay what the fuck was that jump 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 (laughs) jump jump
1: jump jump. yeah but like (laughs) i do want to also denote that the i sayings of jump is very much in quotation marks you could get a guy to jump but a jump is more like a, a tick and there were some people that were Lumping this in and and having discussions with around the idea of like Tourette's and things of that nature, but
2: it didn't. So it wasn't so much a jump as it was like a twitch of the body. Maybe it, well, it
1: could be a, an actual jump. It could be uh, lashing out. It could be uh, you know something being thrown. It was a, a. It could be a physical tick, but it could also, as I said, like be a verbal tick where if you said something, they would just parrot it back there have been other places where this thing this has been kind of recorded and it is
0: i mean yeah what was the situation like in those yeah the
1: the behavior has been observed but it's been in specific isolated populations Mm. it's happened in malaysia they call it lata there Uh, siberia where and i'm probably gonna mispronounce this uh they call it mirachit has some in india somalia yemen and the philippines And in Louisiana, where it has a colloquial name (laughs) that is Mm. horrible.
2: What's that? Oh, Zach, what's the horrible colloquial name?
1: Raging Cajuns. Oh, is that what a raging Cajun is? That is it. So the the raging Cajun moniker comes from this: uh, the jumping Frenchman of Maine, Uh, or rather. People observing a symptoms that very much are are in line with the jumping Frenchman of Maine. Damn, dude! dude I'm
0: losing my mind at that. The raging Cage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's the alliteration that gets me. Um,
2: it sounds like a name for that's
1: not that's alliteration, not a realiteration. Oh grinding. wow! I'm dumb. <laughs>
2: um, it sounds like a really good name for a sports team, though. Mm. Ladies They're and gentlemen, welcome cage. to the stadium. Today we have the Ragin' Cajuns against the Jumping Frenchmen of Maine.
1: (laughs) I love this, uh, but also I feel like both of these team names would very much be like uh, the Washington football team where eventually people are gonna go well, they that's not okay have to change their name because it's racially insensitive <laughs> or <laughs> Yeah. Or culturally insensitive rather <laughs> or just insensitive in general.
2: <laughs> I just have a feeling that one of these region Cajuns would be at the stadium and someone would be like, We're changing the name because it's politically incorrect And they're like, I don't know, I've been sleeping with my cousin for like three months. Uh Sounds all right to me,
1: <laughs> yeah
2: sounds
0: again. okay
1: after enough double
2: dipping Have anything sounds okay problems. this is this is the part in the podcast where Zach like breaks in <laughs> in editing and goes uh the beliefs and thoughts of Matt hodgkiss are not the beliefs and thoughts of everyone in yeah. <laughs> triumvirate productions.
1: We would like to note that the beliefs of Matt hodgkiss are not the complete and total beliefs of the triumvirate productions. Thank you. Now back to your regular program.
0: We would we'd like to say if you do enjoy incest, it's a bit weird. But um I guess we're What fine. I was
1: about to say <laughs> is uh, I think that we can make all the jokes we want. There's a whole culture of what are you doing, step bro? That exists in okay, our world. Okay, but that's a step sibling. Okay, but you get what I'm saying? I do get what you're <laughs> yeah, saying, we, yeah we
0: get where you're we get what you're laying down
1: what I'm laying down you what you is, is the dirty uh double dipping jokes yeah, are we're... pretty low fucking hanging fruit,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, oh God, but yeah, as far as I'm like
0: losing my mind,
1: I never had one to begin with, so it's not that you know much to lose, however, yeah, it, with this it's very ins- uh isolated incidents, but it was too weird not to mention so like there's a little bit of more stuff that you can look up but for the most part it's really this one dude george miller beard who is like hey I'm going to startle a bunch of lumberjacks and not get my head chopped off.
2: Instead, I'll have a... Could you imagine that, just, like, explaining that side... uh, Like, so, nowadays, and I don't know how it was back in his time, but, like, legitimately, someone comes up to you and says, like, you need to work on a doctorate thesis. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was planning on going up to Maine and scaring a bunch of lumberjacks (laughs) and seeing what happens. It's It's like like, cow tipping. Yeah, basically. This is
0: the
1: equivalent of a modern day doctorate thesis of the physics of monster trucks. And I love it.
2: Yeah, it (laughs) makes no sense.
0: I mean, good good for this person, though. They were like, I'm going to get a doctorate, but, like, I'm going to do it on my <laughs> terms.
2: Yeah, thank God for Dr. Beard and his study of the jumping punch in
0: Maine. Yeah. I hope someone was funding I this. hope so,
1: too. I mean, then again, it's 1878. You might have just been like, I have nothing better to do than go up to, you know, Moosehead Lake in Maine and observe a bunch of dudes chopping wood. Oh, with this, I can make them slap each other if I yell slap really loud? Cool. What a hero though I mean, <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know if hero's Isn't the right American. Hero? I mean American hero.
2: Yes, yes, he, he's definitely yeah. not the tall block in
1: Tetris. <laughs> hero itself, I don't know. This is a man who kind of
2: this is a man oh, no. who saw science and he needed to explore it, no matter this was the a circumstances. Man
0: who saw the French and needed to antagonize them. <laughs> as so
2: many people often do, he was like, as... I need to do something
1: rude to those French
0: people. Yeah, as so many Americans, I feel. How could, how could we
1: belittle the French? Excellent. Um...
0: Yeah, like, what's on the agenda today? Belittling the French? I was already there.
1: Uh, I'm here for it okay all right i'm 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 calling that one quits i think that that we could continue to make those make horrible horrible jokes at the expense of some uh jumping frenchmen all night but i I think we should lay off the the low-hanging fruit of frog jokes
2: ah
1: well then maybe megan should go (laughs) next
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh
2: no um okay no 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 all right so
0: why is yours is yours also about the French?
2: Hey, we'll get into it. Yes. Why don't okay. we get into <laughs> it right now? So tonight I'm gonna blend together something that Zach hates, something that I hate, and something that dads across America love. Oh no! That's right, folks. I'm talking about a French mime in World War II. <laughs> oh no! Ah. Uh, before before I start before I start my story in earnest though I want to say uh, to our French audience, I'd like to say that I'm sorry but I'm about to fuck up a ton of words <laughs> uh, to anyone else who has a father I'd like to apologize for all the times that you had to sit and watch documentaries about World War two um the only it was acceptable the documentary war. what
0: It was the greatest war <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, The only acceptable World War II documentary is Band of Brothers, because that miniseries is amazing. Yes,
1: it is. But we also just found out, I do want to note, not only is Megan the bougiest out of us, but she's also the only dad among us. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah.
0: Why Um, would I learn about any other war that's not the best?
2: (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, finally, before I kick this story off, I'd like to say to the mime community, fuck off, you spooky silent nightmares! (laughs)
1: I I wholeheartedly agree with that last statement. Yeah, no shit. How do you do what you do?
2: What?
0: How do they do what they do?
2: How do they do what they do? Very quietly.
0: No, I'm more fascinated than anything.
2: I need you to leave. I can't. You've right now admitted to being a dad as well as being fascinated by mimes when the only acceptable approach to mimery is what is that ungodly being? put it in the ground.
0: They went to mime school for this. Get out. They have a doctorate.
2: So and need- <laughs> Imagine having a doctorate in mime
0: studies? Honestly, I would respect them.
2: I would I yeah, I probably No, I wouldn't. Um, I'd respect
1: okay. them but I'd fear them. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> He's the most powerful of all the
0: mimes. Well, that's why they that's why anyone gets a doctorate. Can
2: I the get theory. to my story or are we just going to riff on mimes this entire time because I'm down for either? to be honest. I
0: just like don't understand why you don't want to riff on mimes. But go on. I definitely want to riff
2: on mimes, but we'll have ample time. Um so anyways, if mime culture could have a redeemer like Christ, it would probably be this guy named uh Marcel Marceau. I believe is his name. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> He, he is Mime Jesus. He was born in uh, Strasbourg, France, and he rose to popularity in his younger years by performing Mimery. And he did this under the guise of a character named Bip the Clown, which is just, it's kind of a delightful name, but I also hate it. But that being, being the case, he modeled Bip after uh, the Italian... Row, which is just like a white-faced, sad clown-looking being, entity, creature of the night.
0: <laughs> Motherfucker! Motherfucker. <No. laughs> I thought uh, was that not what we? Were I know going it was. With? No, it's definitely just,
2: not where I was going to end oh, up. That's where I ended up. Oh, okay, I was.
0: I was more channeling like Samuel
2: Samuel Jackson. L. Jackson. Yeah, we don't yeah. do that with mimes because they're a subspecies of the clown. <laughs>
0: okay.
2: Uh-huh.
0: No, it's. I say
2: "motherfucker" to a lot of clowns. <laughs> yeah, especially when they like jump out at you. You're like,
1: "motherfucker." motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> this is a fucking
2: mess already. <laughs> Marcel, as I mentioned, he rose to popularity through the uh, the amazing artistry of mime work. Um, and when World War II came around, he felt a sense of sympathy with with a number of jewish people because he himself was also jewish and so he saw them uh being captured and interred in prison camps and things like that and he was like damn bro that's fucked up this is another part where zach cuts in and he goes matt is underplaying the severity of the holocaust but we all know how serious it was
1: (laughs) you're doing my job for me so go ahead (laughs) While Matt is underplaying the severity of the Holocaust, we would like to remind the viewers that we do know how serious of an event it was. Now back to your regular program.
2: Mar- Marcel was Jewish, so he saw these people that were being treated like less than, and he he was like, man, that sucks. He ended up being recruited into the French Resistance by his cousin, who happened to belong to, like, it's a it's a resistance group and in fairness to our our French listeners I know that moments ago I said that I was about to fuck up all these words but like I'm really not even gonna try because your language makes no sense to me and I'm pretty sure vowels don't exist in it
0: <laughs> or I mean too or many or if they do
2: they too all bad. sound the same <laughs> yeah too too many we could add vowels to a word that has none I'm not gonna try and. Uh, pronounce it but what i am going to do is give you the english translation which is the children's aid society but again because it's french i'll abbreviate to the ose i'm actually going to look it up so that i can attempt i can attempt to pronounce it for you um give me just a second to do that it's the uh, de Enfants. beautiful i don't know what I that mean,
0: means listen that sounded great good job
2: yeah I I thought it sounded lovely. Anyways, so uh he he was recruited to this group by his cousin Georges. Georges. What he would do is he would smuggle children out of French occupied or German occupied France. That's the one I was going yep. for. So the children that he was specifically trying to save came from a orphanage and it was relatively close to the Swiss border. As part of the OSE, he went to this orphanage, performed a lot as a mime, and sort of got the kids comfortable with him. Because, realistically, if a mime showed up and told you a bunch of Germans were going to take you away, I'd be more inclined to... No, that's not a joke I can make. (laughs) I think we get what you're saying. Anyways, I would be just... I would be just as likely to run away from a mime. So anyways, he would go to this orphanage, he would perform for the children, and he would get them comfortable with him, and then he would he would take them over the border to Switzerland. He would keep them quiet, because anyone knows that you know children have a tendency to be loud, but he would keep them quiet by performing his mime routine while he was moving children. So he'd be walking with them in these big groups... And he'd be performing his mime routine, and once he got them over the border to Switzerland, he would then pass them off to someone who would get them the rest of the way to safety. And he did this for uh, multiple members of this orphanage of French children, and he ended up saving about 70 uh, Jewish children in this way.
0: Wow. That's, like, very impressive. Well, damn,
1: yeah, that is impressive. (laughs)
2: He, as far as my research went, one of his biggest uh, rescue operations was he dressed up as a scout leader and he dressed the, he dressed 24 children up as scouts. And then he basically just said that they were going on a scouting mission and he walked them to the Swiss border (laughs) and just ushered them across we're going camping. <laughs> Let him loose. Basically that's what he would do though is he would he would say, you know, I'm taking them on a camping trip or he would dress up as like a fatherly figure and say that he was taking these kids on a vacation and then he would just bring them to the Swiss border and he would release them into the custody of one of his compatriots on the on the Switzerland side of the border and they would Uh, be escorted to safety
0: release them into the wild (laughs) yeah (laughs)
2: release them into the (laughs) wild yeah the most interesting thing about his story actually is that on one occasion he went out and he ended up running into german soldiers he was with a, a couple of his other ose compatriots and he somehow, through his acting ability, managed to convince these 30 German soldiers that he was part of the French army. And so he left with a group of children that he was setting free and came back with 30 prisoners of war.
1: Oh my Give God. this man the fucking Oscar.
2: Yeah, exactly, dude. So. It's pretty bonkers. What's also interesting is the OSE's tactics in general were all sort of kind of mundane in this way. They were very basic, but sort of intuitive. The OSE knew that the Germans wouldn't inspect uh, sandwiches that had too much mayonnaise in them because the mayonnaise would ruin their suits. Uh, uh. And okay. so they would sneak children identification into these, like, mayo-drenched sandwiches <laughs> because they knew that they wouldn't inspect the sandwich to such a degree that it would be found.
1: That's horrible but brilliant.
2: Like, Oh, yeah, exactly. But also the interesting thing is Marcel's cousin, George... Used to get kids over the border in a similar way, not miming, but he would do something just as basic as like pretending to be a father figure and taking them on vacation. He would bring teams of children out and say that they were playing sports and then he would kick the ball or throw the ball as far as he could over the Swiss border and he would tell the kids to go get it. The thing was that he would spend time with these children, getting them to, like, work on their running. He was like a P.E. coach. (laughs) He would get them to work on their running so that they could sprint as soon as they got over the Swiss border. So he would kick a ball into Switzerland, and he'd be like, go get it, kids. (laughs) And then as soon as they got into Switzerland, they just fucking booked it. They just they ran like, as far and as fast as they could, and he to had to. Them. He, he had to. He had to stop doing that once um, Germany occupied France officially. But at his last count, he had saved about three hundred and fifty French children doing something oh like fuck. I mean, so Marcel Hero. had saved seventy by being a mime and this guy had saved 350 by kicking balls and drenching mayo sandwiches
0: honestly nasty guys but i hate to make a
1: a kind of tasteless joke but i'm gonna do it that's not your style between the two of them they saved 420 children and that's pretty fucking lit oh that's dank as fuck (laughs) i did the math real quick i was like i'm bad at math but i'm gonna try to suss this one out and it worked so the
2: the interesting thing about marcel as well is that he wasn't just you know he didn't just do the mime work and save children but he also forged some documents so that he could make um jewish people look younger on their uh passport information so that they could flee the deportation laws faster, better, harder, stronger. <laughs> however the rest yeah. of that Daft Punk song goes. <laughs> but uh and then after after the war ended, he became super famous as a as a mime, as a pantomime artist. And he made in the, it in the year of our Lord nineteen forty eight he opened his own his own school. His own
0: mime school? His
2: own mime school. Huh. I thought I had that in my notes, but uh, it was called the uh, Compagnie de Mime
1: Marcel Marceau. (laughs) (laughs) I think the best thing about it is when we ever try to speak any French on this show.
0: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much.
1: We get really heavy handed really? with the phlegm and the <laughs> it's like a dis- I mean,
2: I don't I don't see it any differently than when anyone tries to do a German accent and their immediate response
1: is Oh <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's fair. That's absolutely fair. <laughs> I
2: legitimately, you know, one time got scolded by someone about I took German in high school and I got scolded because I was laughing and my teacher said in German, and I was like I can't do it in German, but I could do it in French for you. Oh we 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 we
1: we.
0: This whole this whole episode is just us dunking, on the, dunking on the French. I dunking on the
2: French. Yeah. I, I mean, why not though? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I I, I want to come.
0: Zach's like, yo, I have nothing. I have nothing to defend them with. I don't. I don't. I don't have anything
1: to defend them with. Part of me's like, I should step to the defense. But at the same time, fuck, put him up on the guillotine. We got nothing left. <laughs>
2: Zach,
0: Rip to control sensitivity. Uh, on, but uh, we're on different. On other
2: episodes of this show, you have proclaimed your hatred for the
1: French.
0: I, I know. I, I have.
1: That's true. Uh, <laughs> But, like, at the same time...
2: Coming to their defense now would make you an American politician.
1: I do, you're right. Never mind, I don't want to do that. Fuck the French. (laughs) 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 Uh,
2: But anyways, so yeah, that's the story of Marcel Marceau. And uh, how miming I'm, like, so
0: impressed. Huh? I'm so impressed. Yeah. Yeah,
2: no, it is actually pretty interesting. I read this story, and I was like, one mime. One mime is good. I was
1: going to say, fuck the French, fuck clowns, fuck the French clowns, except for this one. Yeah,
2: Dude, exactly. he
0: was doing, He honestly, the Lord's work.
2: Yeah, the Lord's work. He did a good job.
0: He was, though. Like, good job, man. It takes a lot of balls to smuggle kids away from Nazis. Not only does it
2: take a lot of balls to smuggle kids, like, over the border while your face is painted like a mime, but it also takes a lot of balls to... Convince thirty German soldiers that you're a member of the fucking military, and come back with prisoners. Like
1: how? For sure, this guy was French grease paint Moses. And yeah, <laughs> congratulations, congratulations, guy.
0: Yeah, like he did it.
2: But I think that's probably all the information that I can give you about Marcel Marsu.
0: So Marcel. now I
2: ask Megan, do you have a story that has anything to do with the French so that we can keep
1: this dunk fest going?
0: Dude, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to let you uh, down. Okay,
1: but before that happens, uh Matt, do you want to say that name one more time because you seem to be having a lot of fun with it? Marcel, Marcel? <laughs> that's that's all I want. I just want to make sure that you were satisfied.
0: All right. So mine's not dunking on the French, but it is about practical jokes. So I guess we'll add a little bit of levity, but it does involve racism. So like, here we go. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So like, who doesn't love a practical joke? A lot of people, but that is besides the point. Uh, this story is about the time that Virginia Woolf and a bunch of her nerd art friends decided that dressing up in blackface and pulling one over on the British Navy was a really fun idea. Oh, (laughs) no.
2: Remind me, Virginia Woolf did what?
0: She wrote, uh, Mrs. Dalloway.
1: No, not ringing any bells.
0: She was part of the Blooms. Please correct me if
1: I'm wrong, but Virginia Woolf was sad poet lady, right?
0: Yeah, she did write poems as well. She wrote a bunch of short stories. She... Uh, She was writing in the early 20th century. She was a big modernist. And as
2: we're finding out now, she was also super racist?
0: Well, like, I mean, dressing up in blackface is obviously really bad, but, like, unclear at least. I don't know enough about Virginia Oh, so you're
2: saying, like, this is one instance of racism?
0: This is one instance of racism. And we're not sure if it's
2: indicative of an entire, like, being of racism?
0: Yes. Okay.
2: Still pretty shitty, though. Like, one instance of racism is enough to get you canceled in 2021.
0: That's true. Like, when uh, wasn't it Justin Trudeau who they found, like, college Halloween pictures of him, like, dressed up in in blackface?
2: Yeah. I'm thinking more or less along the lines of that one woman who I feel like this was within the last five years— uh, she was on, like, a talk show somewhere and said that she didn't understand why blackface was offensive.
1: Oh, I know who you're talking about. I and, I, I, I vaguely know who you're talking about.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, tell tell me more about Virginia Woolf.
0: Yeah, so this is about this practical joke. And it's called The Dreadnought Hoax. So, the scene is set, the year is 1910, and the British Royal Navy is at the height of his power, with the HMS Dreadnought sitting at its forefront as the crown jewel. Like, this ship is the most technologically advanced ship that has ever been built at this point, and it was a cultural icon to the British Empire. And at the time, historians were saying that it had a near sacrosanct nature. But also, its naval officers really liked playing jokes on one another, and in particular, there was a feud between the officers on the HMS Hawk and the HMS Dreadnought. So here's where Virginia and her nerd friends, particularly Horace DeVere Cole, come in. So, Cole was known for his pranks, having pulled off in college what is called the Zanzibar hoax.
2: I'm going to need to know more about the Zanzibar hoax. I was going to say.
0: This This is very important because it does play into the Dreadnought hoax. Great. Okay. (laughs) So... During the Zanzibar hoax, uh, Cole and Virginia's brother got together in their second year of college and used the Sultan of Zanzibar's state visit to play a trick on the mayor of Cambridge. So they sent a telegram to the mayor's office and asked if the uncle of the visiting Sultan could, like, a suitable reception be held for him. Cole, dressed up in theatrical robes and blackface, met the mayor, went on a tour of the town, saw the town's colleges, and even saw some of his friends who did not recognize him. Oh. And then the next day, he gave an interview about the hoax being like, yeah, I'm probably the bra- like, the greatest practical joker in the 20th century. And at that point, the mayor of Cambridge wanted him and his friends expelled. <laughs> but, the <vice> ch- like, <laughs> but the vice chancellor is like, Dude, that like your reputation has already gone through the ringer. Yeah. So like, maybe don't expel this as sophomore. Yeah. Also,
1: like, congratulations, sophomore Virginia Wolf's brother, whose name I don't know. You're now racist Van Wilder.
2: Yeah, <laughs> racist that's pretty Van fun. Wilder.
1: <laughs> that's a movie
2: I'd watch only one time.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think I, I I watched Van Wilder a lot in my youth, and now I'm like. Eh. Ryan Reynolds, love you, man, but that's not your strongest work. <laughs> not, not his
0: strongest work. His
2: strongest work is the Green Lantern and fight me.
0: <laughs> um, excuse me? Uh, the proposal. Oh, Thank my God, God,
2: get out of here.
0: <laughs> I will not accept any other answer. Oh, man. A seminal work. i actually
2: i actually really liked him in that uh that one show movie uh what is it just friends where he he was in a fat suit for half of it or whatever
0: oh yeah 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 anyways
2: continue with racist virginia wolf yeah and racist van wilder
0: so uh cole had a friend on the hms hawk who asked him to play a joke on the Dreadnought, saying, you're, like, really good at hoaxing people. Couldn't you do something to pull the leg of the Dreadnought? They want taking down a bit. Couldn't you manage to play off one of your jokes against them? Because at this point, Cole was known as, like, the height of practical jokers.
2: He's the the Fred and George
1: of real life.
0: Yeah, he was the Fred and George of Trinity College. The answer to
1: that question is uh, definitely maybe. That's the last Ryan Reynolds joke I'll make of the night. Thank you very much.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, Deadpool. Anyways. <laughs>
0: oh, <no. laughs> I refuse to acknowledge any other Ryan Reynolds movie except the proposal.
2: <laughs> hey, Megan, I've got a proposal for you. <laughs>
0: Let's continue on
2: with your story.
0: So Cole, uh, saying two times is the charm, decided to expand on his earlier joke, the Zanzibar hoax, and got five of his friends, including Virginia Woolf and her brother, to again put on robes and blackface and present to be the whole Abyssinian royal family. Fuck. (laughs) What?
2: (laughs) Say that sentence again, but slower, because I didn't listen.
0: So... Virginia Woolf. Yeah. Five other friends yeah. decided to put on robes and yeah. blackface and yeah. pretend to be the whole Abyssinian royal family. <sighs> like the whole thing. That's a
2: fucking hard con. Yeah.
0: That's a hard con. And during this con they could not eat because it would ruin their makeup. So Okay. They sent a telegram. So- <laughs> they sent a telegram to the Dreadnought. Yeah, go ahead, Zach. This
1: went from a joke about racist Van Wilder to this now being racist Oceans 5?
0: This is... Yeah, dude, this is an Oceans movie.
2: (laughs) Did the 11 in Oceans 11 stand for how many people they had on the crew? Yes. Yes.
1: I've never seen the it's movie. It's Ocean's so. Eleven. Like it's possessive. Yeah, I'm
2: familiar Island. with the name of the film. I didn't know that the Eleven stood for how many there yeah, were. Yeah, well, I'm
1: saying that the oceans itself. It's not. It's his last name is Ocean. It's Ocean apostrophe as oh. yes, like the possessive.
0: Oh,
2: I of. see. I see. I see.
0: Oh, everything makes sense <laughs> now. I also didn't watch. That. <laughs> I've watched all of. Which them. is a
2: shame because George Clooney is amazing. Anyway. Oh, I thought we were gonna go down a uh, a long hallway of George Clooney film references next.
0: Dude, I don't know enough about George Clooney.
2: Um, ER. We'll figure it out. Zach and I'll sprinkle it in.
0: <laughs> he wasn't in the proposal. <laughs> 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 I all right. Tell me about. more.
2: Yep. Tell me more about... Oh, wait. We we ventured into John Travolta territory. I apologize about that.
0: All right. So they were all dressed up. They sent a telegram to the Dreadnought informing them of their arrival. They were transported on a VIP train coach and welcomed by the Navy with an honor guard.
2: Oh, my the-
0: God. <laughs> The Abyssinian flag couldn't be found, so the Navy just used the Zanzibar flag and played the Zanzibar (laughs) national
2: anthem. Amazing.
0: (laughs) Honestly, the height of cultural sensitivity.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine being on, okay, so being on that ship and it's like, hey, hey, yeah, what's up? I don't know what the Abyssinian flag looks like. It's like uh it me neither. It's like, Do you think the Zanzibar flag will do? <laughs> do you think
0: it's close? It's enough? almost
2: like going to a restaurant and you're like, I'll have a Coke and they're like, Is Pepsi okay?
1: <laughs> I don't like, know if it's quite the same, but yeah, I get I'm what you Ab- say I'm
2: Abyssinian. Is Zanzibar fine?
1: <laughs> is Zanzibar uh, okay? All I have to say but, is Oh brother, where art thou? Please continue.
0: So, during their visit, the group inspected the fleet like they actually knew what they were doing. (laughs) (laughs) And to show their appreciation, they just communicated in a bunch of gibberish words that they, like, took from Latin and Greek. And they also bestowed fake military honors on some of the officers.
2: That's so amazing. (laughs)
1: Like...
0: If it weren't for
1: the horrible racial insensitivity, this would be the greatest thing in the world.
0: Honestly, dude, like, I saw the fake military honors, and I was losing my mind.
2: <laughs> That's absolutely crazy. I'd go so far as to say that it's fantastic, Mr. Fox.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I kn- Wait, I know that one. Right, I know one George Clooney film. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't watch it though so when the prank was uncovered cole sent a picture of everyone dressed up to the daily mirror newspaper which caused the navy to like be relentlessly ridiculed yeah and there were demands that cole be arrested even though he hadn't technically broken the law <laughs> So, minus Miss Virginia, they were all subjected to some mild spanking by some men in uniform and sent on their way. Why
2: wasn't she subjected to some spanking? She sounds like the type of person that would like that kind of thing.
0: I don't know, dude. Like, but the Navy did gently flog them. Like, I thought you them. meant
1: like they oh, pulled dear. down their pants and wrapped their bare bottoms.
0: It was It was weird. Because it, it wasn't rough. It was just, like, a little bit.
1: <laughs> the sexual tension was um, a lot. <laughs> that it sounds was, inappropriate.
0: It was a live fire. <laughs> <liar. laughs> <laughs> but the aftermath of this incident is even more wild. And this is the last thing. Because while visiting, the group would repeatedly show signs of, like, amazement. But they did it by saying, Bunga Bunga. Oh, and oh my this, God. This persisted to the point where, in 1915, like we're in World War Two, World War One. I'm sorry, and the Dreadnought sinks a German sub. Like they're toe to toe with it, and the telegram of congratulations to the Dreadnought reads "Bunga Bunga." Yes. Five years after That's this practical joke, ridiculous, dude. That from beginning to end. I found this story, and I was like, "We don't play jokes like this anymore." No, you don't. <laughs> well,
2: I feel like you definitely
1: can.
0: <laughs> you cannot. You cannot play jokes like you can't.
1: I mean, I I think if you could pull off a practical joke that has the long con built into it, kudos to you. Uh, however, for sure, please. Please keep it within the parameters where you're not an asshole. Like if you're gonna be an asshole, don't be a complete asshole. I guess it's my think. A, a lot
2: of people have forgotten that pranks are supposed to be kind of harmless, but this one could have had some severe <laughs> ramifications.
0: Like they, like what if something serious had happened? They were like, the dreadnought needs to be called away. Oh man! But there's a state visit happening on it. It was wild. Also, the way that it made it sound was they didn't spend a whole lot of time like setting up this prank. They were like, okay, we kind of did the same thing with the Zanzibar hoax. We'll just do it a little bit bigger yeah, we'll send I think the that's telegram." I
2: think that's what's really crazy is that like, had anyone bothered to even try and poke a hole
0: in this?
1: yeah, they
0: could have easily like literally just call anyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you sent a telegram it to someone have else taken
0: long. Yeah. yeah like like even someone a little bit higher up in the navy right who wasn't on the dreadnought just be like hey are we expecting a state visit from like an entire royal family like yes or no i just want to fact check they would have been like absolutely not And that would have been, like, the end of it. That would have been,
2: like I said, yeah, if all you're doing is poking, like, one tiny hole. This
1: is also a great example of some fun psychology, which I'm going to preface saying, listeners at home, don't try this. We're professionals, and we're not going to try this because we're not actually professionals. Uh, However, but it's like, the, (laughs) the psychology of, like, if you act like you know what you're doing you can get away with a Oh my a god, lot. yeah.
2: There have been studies that if you walk into any place with the confidence that you belong there, no one will question you. I've Which seen videos wild. of like, a, a, another one that's that became super popular a little while back was if you walk anywhere with like a ladder, people yep. will just let you in. Yep. And there are videos online of people, like, getting into museums because they just walk by the turnstiles with a, a fucking ladder in their hands. And then they just set the ladder down somewhere and they go enjoy the museum. And just like Zach said, definitely, definitely don't do this. It's illegal and it's bad.
0: Also, like, support museums. But, like, that's yeah. beside the point. Side note, But, like, museums. anywhere anywhere else, maybe, like, if you want to cut the line at the RMV. Yeah, for walk sure. Walk in with a ladder. Walk in
2: with a ladder and then just get to the front and be like, <laughs> I have yeah. somewhere to be with this, but...
0: Yeah, could you, like, take care of my license first? Uh, like, just while I'm I'd here. I'd like to process
1: my registration and then fix your light bulb.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you. Please and thank you. You scratch my back. I scratch yours. Please let me drive my car. Either cars. we
1: just... Helped someone come up with a really bad idea to cut the line at the RMV, or we made the worst porn movie ever.
0: Oh, we did both.
2: I would definitely like to believe in both.
0: <laughs> I would. I stand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Welcome to the RMV. What's your name? Michael Clayton. Another George Clooney film. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stop. He wasn't in the proposal. <laughs> I don't but was it Sandra Bullock? Filmography. Sandra Bullock was Sandra Bullock, and Betty White.
1: Sandra Bullock is Danny Ocean's sister in Ocean's Eight. It comes full circle.
0: Oh my God!
1: I'm out. Yeah, but
2: I would definitely think that for for a prank like this, it would end up in some intolerable cruelty, which would lead to the perfect storm. From sun, uh, from dusk till dawn, all three Clooney films. There you go. <laughs> all
1: right, I'm out of here. I I got no more questions. <laughs> I got no more films. I, I got nothing else to add.
0: I ran out of films. Like one time, At someone proposal, asked me, "What's your What's your favorite movie?" And you said I the had proposal forgotten. with Ryan Reynolds no, and Sandra I, Bullock. I actually had forgotten every single film I had ever seen in my whole life. And
2: Cloris Leachman, may she rest in peace.
0: Is she dead? Yeah, she Is
2: died she... last week. Well,
0: oh my god, damn.
2: I'm sorry. Uh, that seems to be all the time that we have for this evening.
0: Uh, now that we're ending on that note, I hope you enjoyed these really good jokes and stories. And I think there's just one more question to ask.
1: Um, there's also one more thing to add before we oh. ask any other questions. Oh. What are we adding? Uh, sorry, we George, adding? you were yeah. the worst fucking Batman. He was. <laughs> oh, my God, he was. That's all. The
2: that suit had nipples. That, oh Your yes I, if there's
0: one thing I know it is the nipple suit uh,
2: the nipple suit Batman was George Clooney and he can never live it down also I feel really bad that we did kind of uh, jump on Megan's story and make it into uh, a story about which movies we could shoehorn into her bit well, we that made was, the other two actually... stories
1: about fucking with the French it's what we do yeah no fair
2: yeah
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, to be fair, they both had to do with the French, but also the subtext of my story was... Uh, Latent many... racism? No, it was, uh, can we name the entire filmography of certain actors?
2: Oh, well, we definitely didn't get anywhere close to doing that. Or we would have had to mention that George Clooney was in the ER. I said that Murder, to begin with. Well, we just...
0: An ER was a TV show, did.
1: not a movie. Anyway.
0: Yeah, God. <laughs> Do you even know? Do you even Do you even know my boy George? Movies?
1: God damn! Yeah, do you even know? I'm my boy sorry, George? guys. I'm sorry. Got I'm it. I'm done. I'm out.
2: You're done for the second time You're tonight. Done. I'm out. He's gone, guys. You can literally hear him walking away from his mic right now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's him. Like that's
2: it. That's him closing his door and walking away. uh okay so as far as this last question goes it's gonna be a big one but it's what the fuck history
1: hey hey guys did did we finish it did we wrap it up If you like what you hear from The Triumvirate Productions and What the Fuck History, we encourage you to tell a friend. We don't pay for any ads, so the best way to get us out there is to talk to other people about us. You can find us on Facebook at The Triumvirate Productions, on Twitter at Triumvirate underscore pod, and on Instagram at The underscore Triumvirate underscore Productions.